I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 164, Director Who. Uh, we got two segments for you on this week's episode. First up is our latest edition of Nintendo News Report with Neil, Scott, and Alex, and they are going over the latest Nintendo Direct. And after that, there is a bonus segment where Nick, Amanda, and Scott talk about the last couple episodes of Doctor Who. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for January 14th, 2015. I am your host Alexander Kalafi and with me for a very special episode of Nintendo News Report, Site Director Neil Ronahan. Hi everybody. And Connectivity Podcast Editor Scott Thompson. Hello! Hi! So, nor- so normally we record these things on Thursday to talk about the news of the week, but because there was a Nintendo Direct on a Wednesday, well... We have to record this podcast on a Wednesday. And that is going to be the entirety of this show. There's not going to be any new releases, though some new releases did come out today we'll be getting into. Uh, there won't be any top story or less than top well, story. There is a top story. It's called There a is a top story. Direct. <laughs> it's, it, Nintendo Direct is the only story. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go down in order uh, through the series of events. We're going to comment on every single thing that happened, but we'll be quick and we'll make sure to focus on the real good stuff that you care about. So let's get started. A new Fire Emblem game is coming to 3DS, which seems like about the right time. It was, it was a good way to start off this Direct with a new game that kind of came out of nowhere. And for all these secondary Fire Emblem games, like the one on uh, the regular DS that wasn't... Uh, Shadow Dragon? The one with the sequel to Shadow Dragon, or like that remake one. You know what I'm talking about? Shadow Dragon? Mm-hmm. That was a remake. So both <laughs> DS games... Are you telling me both DS games came out on uh, the DS in North America? No, I'm one pretty of them sure did not. The second one did okay. I don't think. Okay, so the second one did not. So after some time of that, we're actually getting both... 3DS Fire Emblems in North America, which is fantastic news and kind of speaks to how well that game really did in North America. Well, I mean, we, we already knew that it sold really well. The, I mean, the reports on Awakening was that it was the best-selling Fire Emblem game to date, which still is kind of meager sales-wise in comparison. But, I mean, it's a niche franchise, and it kind of elevated to, like, a successful niche franchise. But right. uh, the, the weird thing about this game, and this is, like, complete nonsensical conspiracy theory is in Japan it's called Fire Emblem If. Um, wow. And and uh and it's actually it actually does have it's coming out in 2015 in Japan and North America and Europe. We do not know when it's gonna come out. And judging by the fact that it was all in Japanese and the guys at 84 seemed legitimately shocked that it was announced, I don't think this game's coming out until 2016 in Europe and North America. Yep, early 2016. Um, yeah, it'll probably it'll probably come out in about a year. Didn't Awakening yep. come out much later here than? Yeah, like about almost, a year. It was like April in Japan, and then I think like February, February the following year in North America. Yeah. But the Fire Emblem If thing just kind of makes me think about how there is like the Shimagami Tensei game that's If. Uh, it's getting so. less of an If every single day now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 but I mean, there isn't there. I believe there is. It's like maybe it's a Persona Two If or something like that. I forget the exact name, but there is a game in that series that has that at the that at the end. So maybe this is what became of Shimagami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem. That would be something else. But uh, did we know who was actually developing Shimagami Tensei X Fire Emblem? Um, that was that was Intelligent Systems, yeah. right? Which I mean, it's possible that there could be a team, but you would assume if they were making 
a Fire Emblem game, the Fire Emblem team would probably be working on it. Yeah. Um, so this is probably the best evidence that I can find that makes me actually doubt the current existence of Shimigami Shimigami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, at least coming out this year. Okay. Well, yeah, it, there's no way that that game's coming out this year. I thought we were arguing about whether it exists or not anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it could come out this year. I think, well, I forgot what it was in the last retail or like the, not the retail, the investor thing, what it was labeled there. But uh, right. this game, the, the people have feet and it's the same team, same yep. character designer, but they have like a famous manga writer or popular one writing the story. And apparently there's going to be more character choice. But I mean, pretty much when they just said, oh yeah, it's a Fire Emblem game in the same vein of Awakening, you can just sign me up. I'm on board. It could literally just be Awakening game. with like, I don't know, they called it like Awoke. And it's the same <laughs> Scott, if I remember correctly, wasn't Fire Emblem Awakening one of your three favorite games of 2013? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I yeah. reviewed it for Nintendo World Report and gave it a 9.5. Um, I've, lo- I've loved Fire Emblem forever, but Awakening was, like, the culmination of a lot of different, like, ideas um, and, like, really pushing the game into the mainstream. So just can keep doing all that with, like, better writing, you know, hopefully, anyway, with this manga writer and everything. Like, yep, I'm on board. This looks great. Yeah. I joked Perfect. that it must be that, that new 3DS power that allows them to animate the feet. So. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> 3DS exclusive. Why is this game new 3DS exclusive? Well, how do you expect us to do the damn feet? <laughs> yeah, you want them fucking feet, you'll get a new 3DS. <laughs> so what's next? Puzzle, on and Dragon, Alex? Puzzle and Dragons double packs coming out in May. That includes the RPG, Puzzle and Dragons Z, as well as the Super Mario Puzzle and Dragons, which I think we talked about last week, did we, we not? Did. You know yeah, what cause... I realized while watching this snippet of the Direct? I will play the shit out of this game. Yep, 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 I yep. mean, it basically just looks, I mean, I'm pretty ignorant on what Puzzles, Puzzle and Dragons is, except for I heard that Pokemon Battle Troze was similar. Um, but it basically just looks like Puzzle Quest with with a good puzzle game behind it. And there's also a Mario part. Like, whatever, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like they're going super hard on this game because these were two separate retail releases in uh, in Japan. Yeah. And the first one, Puzzle and Dragon Z, is a straight-up full RPG that uses this crazy match their gameplay. And then Mario seems like it's structured like a full Mario game, but also uses that same gameplay. It's great that they're going hard on this. Yeah, I mean, Puzzle Puzzles and Dragons is... Or Puzzle and Dragons is a gigantic in Japan. So, I mean, this. we'll see if it takes off on North American 3DSs. Next up, Pokemon Shuffle, the free-to-play also match three, is coming out in yeah. February. It seems like they're, uh, they're doing this thing where, like, you can play for ten minutes at a time. It's a, They got one of those gem systems where you can clearly pay money if you want or wait yeah. to play. But Nintendo usually does a pretty good job with it. I don't personally care. I'm not, I might not even download this one. I'll probably still download it, but it just looks like a crappy version of Pokemon Battle Troze, which was a game that I already thought was kind of flawed. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I, Neil, you and I did a segment on connectivity before about Pokemon Battle Troze, and we're yeah. both like, well, it's cool that it's kind of like, it's more yeah. closer to Pokemon than other Pokemon puzzle games. I mean, that you're actually matching types and exploiting weaknesses with the monsters you're fighting. But other than that, like, there's not really much to write home about. And yeah, I, I saw this and I was like, oh, this just looks like kind of a dumbed-down version of that. Yeah. Um, like, and like Alex said, with mobile game, uh, uh, like, like uh, 
mechanics, I guess, is, is what you'd say. So, no, uh, not interested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll probably still download it just for the hell of it, but, like, meh. Yeah. All right. Our first big story of, well, outside of Fire Emblem, oh, our Fire second Emblem big story, big, our second <laughs> big story of the Nintendo Direct is that Wii games are coming to the eShop. So they're skipping in 64, oh, they're skipping DS, and they're going straight to the Wii virtual kind of console. And the first games that are going to be part of this are Punch-Out, Metroid Prime Trilogy, and Galaxy 2, which is available right now. I need to get Galaxy 2. I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. You're download it now? Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how big the file size is, so please keep <laughs> I going. Got, I, can, I can live tell you what the file size is. It, it's it's 1.3 gigs. Okay. Um, also, I, don't know, I don't know if downloading that right now. I don't know if uh, downloading it right now is a wise use of your bandwidth while we're live streaming. <laughs> uh, just, just an idea. Um, yeah, no, this is awesome. And I love, I, I hope this continues. I don't know if this is just a promotion for the first three games, but I love the idea that, oh, for the first week they came out, they're $10. I will get all of these for $10. Metroid Prime Trilogy for $10 oh is a fucking God. steal. It's like, a, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, it is kind of disappointing. Like, like I know people have been... I haven't downloaded Galaxy 2 yet. It runs in 480p. I think it basically shuts down almost all your Wii U functionality. I mean, it, they said made a big deal about not booting into Wii mode, but it, that's really what it does. Like, yeah, I don't it's just a wrapper for going to Wii mode from what I've Yeah, heard. you can't... It's not like virtual console games. You can't access the home menu. There's no quick saves. It's nothing like that. I mean, it, it's it's just... It even accesses your saves on the, that you have on your Wii U from the Wii Yeah, didn't, didn't Justin say that? Yeah, so like... Yeah, it, it, so it's so it's just skips a step of having to click the Wii button. But other than that, it's it's Wii mode. But you know, either way, I, it's nice that these games will be readily available, and that at any moment I can just go like, oh, I'm gonna download Mario Galaxy two. Yeah. So, here's the question. Dude, punch out next week. Yep. Metroid Prime Trilogy. Do we know if that has classic control support? It does not. Nope. Okay, that would have been really nice. I mean, this is yeah. still great. I'll play it with the Wii remote nunchuck, but. That would have been cool. Well, the Wii Remote Nunchuck was was the big deal. I mean, that was what was great about bringing it to Wii, is that you got to use the great controls from Corruption with Metroid Prime 1 and 2. So I'm actually excited about that. I've been... And Metroid Prime Trilogy is one of those games that I bought, and I ended up playing about halfway, three-quarters of the way through Metroid Prime 1, and then played the multiplayer one time (laughs) when I was really drunk with my friends. (laughs) I was like, guys, let's do it. It's going to be great. We played it for ten minutes. We're like, let's never do that again. Um... (laughs) But I, I always wanted to go back to it, and I guess now, as I'm verbalizing this now, I don't know why I ever bought Metro Prime Trilogy, because I put about, like, six hours into it total. <laughs> um, probably should have sold that a while ago, now that I can buy I think, it for $10. Well, yeah, now the value's going to go down. I was going to say, I think it's been worth money for a while. Oh, way. yeah, no, it has been. But I've always wanted to go back and play the Metro Prime games, because yeah. 2, I want to give another chance. Um, I, I hated 2 when I first played it. And 1 is just a beautiful, beautiful game. Yeah, and I think three is pretty good too. I liked three. Yeah, but I I've been wanting to replay those games for a very long time, and this might be the perfect opportunity. Um, Not to dwell on this too much longer, but uh, do you guys have a Wii game that hasn't been announced for this yet that you guys really want to see? Donkey Kong Country Returns. Not that this is the game you guys want. Did seem like that's coming out in mm-hmm. Europe. Uh, I want Brawl. Definitely, because I don't want to buy a physical disc of that, and I don't have a disc of that right now. And then Galaxy 1, because I actually have never owned a copy of Galaxy. I only played through uh, someone else's. Um, but I, I hope Galaxy 1 isn't 20 bucks. This is kind of a boring one, but Twilight Princess I'd like to see. Um, sure. Sin and Punishment Star Successor is apparently on the way. 
And that game's incredible, especially if you liked Bayonetta. Star Successor is like that kind of insanity. Um, it's a great game. Do you think? Do you think they're going to charge twenty bucks for that? Because because it's like four ninety nine everywhere that you look uh, on <laughs> disc. I mean, I don't know. It, that, I, I, think I don't know. Will. That's one of those things where it's like, to me, I think I'd pay twenty dollars for Sin and Punishment Star Successor before like, I don't know, buying Donkey Kong Country Returns. Sure. Um, and It'll yeah, you are right that it, I mean, like Other M is another one you could find that dirt cheap places. If they release that, it'd probably be a twenty dollar game. Yeah. I mean, you run into that same problem where, like, because they're probably going to have a standard nineteen ninety nine price for all of these Wii Virtual Console games. Yep. And that, I mean, that that's like it's the risk that you run when like you have Super Mario Brothers be five bucks, and you could find that game for a dollar on NES versus like getting. A, some rare NES game for five dollars that would normally be multiple times that, but you're getting for five bucks. And Scott, what about you? Do you have any uh, wanted Wii games on this? Series? Uh, yeah, I mean it's easy. Just put Xenoblade Chronicles on there. I mean, I know yeah, like they're, they're kind of in, they're in a weird position now because now like does that undercut the 3DS version, which yeah, I feel like they're kind does. of leveraging to push 3D, you know, new 3DS sales. Um, so they're kind of in a weird position. But if you want to maximize what you're going to get out of uh, Xenoblade. Uh, what X is that? What it's called? Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X. Oh, Chronicles X. That's right. Then yeah, like you need to have Xenoblade Chronicles available, like in as, in as many ways as possible. So okay, we're we're kind of cutting ahead a little bit. Um, how freaking confusing is it that now there's Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, and Xenoblade Chronicles X, <laughs> and two of them are the same game. Like, yeah, it's it's not that. Naming, I I think that the naming convention for that series is really dumb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I think... call it Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Like, I don't know. Something else that differentiates it more. Or just even uh, just Xenoblade something else other than Chronicles. Yeah. Like, let Chronicles be the subtitles. Like yeah, let, let Chronicles, Chronicles be for the first time. I don't know. Yeah. Something, yeah, something different, but... Xenoblade Odyssey? Yeah. <laughs> sure, why it's not? Already, it's already enough that, like, every game that, like, that dude makes is Xenogears, Xenosaga. Oh, yeah. Like, come up with a different prefix, man. <laughs> Right, next yeah, up, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse Amiibo stuff was reconfirmed for North America. They basically went over all we the same stuff that, that uh, we talked America. about. Uh, but as Neil told me before this started, and I completely missed it, this game got delayed a week. Yeah. Uh, to February 19th? 20th. Or February 20th. 20th. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's, what were you saying about this before we started recording, Neil? Um, I mean, mostly that it's probably to get out of the way the new 3DS, but the weird mm. thing about that is that, like, then why did you ever announce it as February 13th? Which, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, it's not that, like, it was a rash decision to make the new 3DS come out on February 13th, but maybe, actually, you know what that might kind of say? That maybe having Pokemon, Smash Brothers, and the entire world come out on November 21st, maybe that wasn't that good of an idea this year. Because what, you think about it, you don't really, outside, of, outside of, you know, new 3DS launch on February 13th, they don't really have it as much where they're like stacking game releases on top of each other this quarter, which I kind of expected because that's that's what they did in the fall very very heavily. Um, but now they got you know it's spread out where you got some games on February thirteenth, February twentieth, you know March thirteenth, March twentieth. Like it's a lot more spread out than it was in the fall where you essentially had like every Nintendo game came out on one of four dates from September to December. Sure. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of odd. I, I also think that there's a chance that they actually moved up the release of the new 3DS, and then they realized a little later that Kirby and the Rainbow Curse probably shouldn't have been on the same day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely it's, it's an odd situation. Moving on to other Amiibo stuff, there is a new wave of Amiibo. That being Robin, Pac-Man, Wario, Ness, and Charizard. Those are coming in April. And Lucina. And Lucina. I am excited for Charizard. Um, <laughs> I have pretty much accepted my fate. I... <laughs> I don't think I'll be that upset if like, I were to miss one. Like, Rosalina and Luma seems like it's going to be goddamn impossible. Um, with, which had, like, the, 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 I think the pre-orders of Target went up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning Pacific time and were sold out by, like, 4 in the morning. Um, but, like, I'm going to make an attempt to get every one of these stupid things. Because like I, I saw that and I'm like, well, Pac-Man looks pretty cool. I'll get the Fire Emblem guys. Oh, the Fire Emblem guys are going to be used in Codename Steam. That's even better. Charizard, he's okay. Wario's pretty cool. Ness, I gotta get Ness. Like, <laughs> I love that you were basically just like, well, I'm a Nintendo fan. Like you were, you just went down the line. Like, oh, yeah. that guy's cool. That one's yep. cool. Well, that one's pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, I'm excited. Ness, I will pick up for sure. I don't care if he will probably just remind me of how much that series is underrepresented here. Um, but I have to get that. The Charizard looks sweet. It makes me wonder if eventually down the line we'll see that work with a Pokemon game. Scan a Charizard so. and get a Charizard. I mean, they're, they're, they're pushing Amiibo real hard. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I saw the joke online that they announced more Amiibo stuff than they did games, which yeah. might have been close. Yeah, so that all looks pretty cool. Um, and then following that, we got an, an additional Amiibo stuff. Yeah, right, we Super also Mario have uh, the Super Mario Amiibo set, which is Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, Bowser, and Toad Amiibo. For Mario Party 10, it also works with Rose, Rosalina and Luma. And there's this new mode called Amiibo Party Mario and Party Wario 10. also works with Wario, yeah. Wario and Donkey okay. Kong. Which is kind of like its own like mini board game mode for uh, Mario Party 10. The super interesting thing about these Super Mario Amiibos, though, is that... Uh, Their poses they, don't suck. Yes, and that the uh, the save data is like if you want to use the save data from your Smash Bros. Amiibo on Mario Party 10, you have to erase the save data. Mm-hmm. Which which you know, that that, that was probably gonna happen all along. Guess guess who's getting Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, and Bowser despite owning the Smash Brothers versions? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, we're you are we're well, not even just you. We're all suckers, aren't we? I mean, that's crazy. I and uh, I tweeted it, but like, imagine store shelves in like four months when not only do you have now all four waves out, you have this extra wave. So now you've got extra Mario's and Luigi's. I mean, what 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 are stores going to look like? Overcrowded and yes, you can't find. <laughs> right, it's, it's, half of them. Half of them you can't find, and then the amiibo shelves that I see in GameStops and Best Buys are a complete fucking mess. Yeah. Like, you've got Peach's overlaid on Diddy Kong's overlaid on Luigi's overlaid on the Mario that was there since Smash's launch. Yeah, and this isn't this is not going to help. See, I, I would have loved to see this, like, down the line, maybe, like, maybe about a year after Amiibo launched, like, in the fall next year when we have, like, a new full-fledged Mario game. Like, okay, release, yeah. like, a new series. Maybe phase out the Smash Brother, like, Mario and Luigi finally um, and have these new ones. But to have it all released within, like, three or four months is just insane to me. It's it's At some point, it's just going to be overkill if it's not well, already. And, and I think this kind of goes to, like, the larger issue that we're seeing pretty much weekly at this point, I think, 
where Nintendo announces something, people try to get it, it's a it's a disaster, and then people complain about how Nintendo keeps on undersupplying things. Is that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, really, like let, let's look at this. We had all the Amiibo stuff. We have everything related to Zelda and Majora's Mask at this point. Um, probably you're not even gonna be able to find the game in stores, I assume, because it'll just all be sold out because Nintendo mm-hmm. only sent like four copies to a GameStop somewhere in Dakota. <laughs> like, um, but like. I think with how bad the Wii U was doing and the the poor 3DS sales last year, that maybe either whether it's retailers or Nintendo, like kind of were like, all right, let's bet a little low on this, and and they just kind of went that with everything. And it's probably a collective effort from retailers being like, well, the Wii U stuff isn't selling that well, so why do I want to stock all these action figures? We can just put more Skylanders there. That's mm-hmm. on every platform. And Nintendo's right. also probably dealing with, hey, we're not doing so well. We don't want to just produce a bunch of these figures and then put them in a landfill in New Mexico or something. Um, yeah, you, you also have situations like where we are, we're again getting a little ahead of ourselves, but with the Majora's Mask 3DS XL and the Majora's Mask Limited Edition bundle, they severely understocked those. Uh, and that, that was definitely on Nintendo's part. That wasn't from places like Best Buy and GameStop under order, because there are none left. Yeah, well, I mean, even still, it could have been that GameStop was like, well, the 3DSs aren't selling, so why am I going to order all these new ones? I mean, Alex, you even said the comment the other day about how you went to a 3DS and they were trying to hawk one of the special edition 3DSs on you. I was yeah, in a GameStop the other day. Um, uh, but I, I, I was in, I've, I've been in GameStops a lot because of all this Majora's Mask nonsense. Um, <laughs> and they have all these advertisements there. They're like, all their XLs are $30 off and stuff like that. Like... I mean, I think that there is a point where the system's not selling as once as, as well as it was, so why are you going to put all these resources into, like, oh, you know, let's make sure we have all these limited edition Majora's Mask games or 3DSs and stuff when they're not really selling that well. Right. Uh, the other interesting thing, we, we'll get back to that later when we actually get to the Majora's Mask 3DS XL, but... Mario Party 10 is coming out on March 20th, which is a few months earlier than I thought it was going to. Yeah, I I thought that was going to come out in the fall. I'll be totally honest. That's a pleasant surprise. That game seems decent. I mean, Mario Party 9, as Scott will attest, um, especially especially when working on who wants to be a Nintendo wear while drinking at PAX East. Um, Mario Party 9 is an amazing game. Well, I was going to say, the only disappointing thing is that will come out after PAX now. Um, yeah, yeah, that is, that is a bummer. bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really excited for Mario Party 10. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And the the thing is, is as much as I espouse how good Mario Party 9 is, I never actually owned it. Um, I just because uh, I I get that I get a review when I mean back back of his Wii when everything was mailed to us, I got mailed the review copy and it came in on like a Friday afternoon. So I wasn't sending it until that Monday. So I played it all weekend and fell in love with it and then just never wanted to spend $50 on it and never found it cheaper. Well, maybe it'll be available on the Wii Virtual Console soon. Yeah. Or I'll just buy Mario Party 10 and move on with my life. Yeah, that's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm Toad, stoked for that. The uh, Amiibo also... thing even looks cool. It, it does look kind of cool, but it's... Uh... Did you fully understand what was going on? Because it just seemed like Mario Party, but on a smaller scale and with your Amiibos. I, I said what I meant. I said it looked cool. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. You got a piece, move it around the board, it saves stuff to the figure. All right. I want to see more. It might not be great. It looks cool, though. 
And then, and then they also finally revealed what the Captain Toad amiibo stuff was, which is Ooh. probably the stupidest use of amiibo we've seen so far. Uh, basically, you can find 8-bit Toads on all of the levels in the game. There's no new characters, no new power-ups, no new levels. Just find a Toad, and then congratulations, you found a Toad. That's that's the content. So, yeah, I mean, okay. It got to a point when, when they hadn't announced the Captain Toad amiibo support, I was like, oh, it's going to be something real dumb, isn't it? <laughs> and that's kind of the worry that I have with some of this like post-release amiibo announcements, uh, because well, I haven't I haven't finished Captain Toad, but I'm pretty close to the end. Like once I'm done that game, like unless it's new content, why the hell would I ever play that game again? Right. Yeah, I've I've already forgotten it. It's, yeah, like I I think it's really fun, but like, I mean, at this point, maybe I'll just hold off beating it until after the amiibo thing comes out, so I can be like, oh, that's what it is. Cool. <laughs> be the final boss now. Well, we were joking before we started recording, and I said, like, in Super Mario 3D World, you had 8-bit Luigi's thrown in for the year of Luigi, and it was just this cool, like, awesome Easter egg. And now Nintendo's basically like, well, we'll give you those those same uh, sort of Easter eggs, but you have to pay us $12 to get them. Yeah. And, I mean, uh-huh. it's, a, it's an interesting idea because they did hide the Luigis in, in really novel ways, and people, not not any of us, I think, but a lot of people got into looking for them in each level. Yeah. So it, in that sense, it kind of, especially if they gamify it a little bit, like, you find the toad, there's some kind of like celebratory jingle and you beat the level. Like, okay, maybe maybe there's an appeal in that, but there's not an appeal to me in that. Sure. Uh, our, our next big story, Nintendo finally fully detailed the interface for, for Splatoon or what exactly that game is going to look like when you turn it on. They get a central hub to connect to game modes a la Nintendo Land where it seems like people are it's walking around and stuff. Which is probably one of the coolest things about Nintendo Land was how it actually felt yeah. like not an I MMO actually, but like the simulation of an MMO. Yeah, well, um, I actually uh, was playing some Nintendo Land with my, my six-year-old niece a couple weeks ago, and all she wanted to do uh, after we played the two, the two-player version of the Animal Crossing game is weird, um, <laughs> but uh, we played a little bit of that, and then she just walked around the hub for like <laughs> a half an hour, and I was just like, "Do you want to go play a game?" She's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is pretty fun. Look, we can make it play music. Like, I mean, the Nintendo Land Hub is really cool, and I think also a lot of people who worked on Nintendo Land are working on Splatoon, so there's that kind of carryover. Which I didn't really, I didn't put it together when we first saw, saw Splatoon, and I kind of get it, and I see it more now that Splatoon looks like it's going to take the concepts of Nintendo Land and put it into an original game. And that is super exciting because I think Nintendo Land, while some people might not have gotten into it as much, I think that that was probably one of the very few things that was so uniquely Wii U that you could not do it anywhere else. Um, maybe Splatoon is going to have more of that. In addition to the online multiplayer, maybe there's some kind of local multiplayer that I've basically been wanting in Nintendo games since Nintendo Land and have really yet to experience. <laughs> Uh, some of the other things they talked about was that you can get equipment, weapons, clothes, hats, all that stuff when you uh, connect online. And then they also revealed that there are main weapons, sub-weapons, and special weapons to uh, play with on the battlefield. They yeah. showed one that was like a super powerful gun that you could use uh, against enemies or whatever. So it, it seems like it's got all the standard stuff. It's releasing in May. All, all this seems uh, pretty fair. The one thing I did notice was that they came out with the box art for Splatoon, and it looks like kind of a mess, but kind of in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, 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 have you guys seen it where uh, it's it's like it's the characters on the cover and then there's just paint splayed everywhere? Yeah, no, I saw I saw the cover. It's very busy, but like, I guess as someone who cool. doesn't really have a lot of physical games anymore, it doesn't really bother me. Um, all I know is that I uh, I happened to watch the E3 trailer for Splatoon the other week just by like I I saw it and was like oh, I'm gonna watch this. It's been a while, and I remembered everything that I loved about that game at E3, and I can't wait to play that game more because that was probably in an E3 in which. I played more Smash Brothers than I can probably more Smash Brothers then than I've probably played since. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a joke, but just more to point out how much freaking Smash Brothers I played at E3. I think that Splatoon was the most memorable game that I played at E3. You know, all these nine months later, um, and I, I think that game's going to be really, really special. Um, the online multiplayer could have amazing potential, especially if they have voice chat. Um, I'm just, I'm really, really stoked for that game. Does it bother you that the game looks like a show on Nickelodeon? No, I think that's part of the appeal. It looks like The Blob, <laughs> which it, it does, literally it was a show. Uh, I mean, it was on Sci-Fi for some reason, but I mean, I think the art style looks Nintendo? really nice. I, so maybe you've also I think played it. Looks it like so you have played younger younger people at Nintendo, but that's okay. good. Right now, like yeah, they gotta get the new blood in sometime. It has a unique art style. Why would you? Do you just want it to look shiny like Captain Toad did? It's just it's just a little jarring because it's it's so different from what they did before. And you know what? That should be that's something to be happy about now that I'm actually <laughs> saying it out loud. You want another new Super Mario Brothers game? Is that what you want, Alex? Do you just want the same art style over and over again? Because that that can happen. They've been uh, doing that. Uh, this thing. Is... Go play Mario Kart Eight some more. It, it is a little that like the more I see this game and the more I see how they're selling it, the more it becomes apparent that this is their big new franchise for the Wii U. Like this is this is their new game that's a completely new EAD game, and that's what makes me so interested when it releases. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because it's a completely Next new up. team for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's because it's a completely new team for the most part. That's that's another thing that's really exciting about Splatoon is that like. It's not like, oh, look, it's uh, Koizumi working on another EAD Tokyo game or something. Like, there really is a concerted effort on Nintendo's part that there are different people directing these games. Where there was there was a couple years where it was kind of like the same dudes working on everything. And now, finally, those guys who were directors, they're all now in producer roles. And there's, there's new blood coming up. I hope they do more of this. In fact, I hope that's what, like, Giant Robot and uh, Project Guard are, is uh, Miyamoto and some of the younger guys just making a game together. I, I think that's kind of what it was. I hope so. Number 10 on our 26-item Nintendo Direct list, Tingle and Young Link DLC is coming to Hyrule Warriors in the Majora's Mask Pack. <laughs> it has a new adventure map as well as three costumes. Neil, I can tell you we're so happy. Yeah, and I think we talked about this the other week when we were talking about how Anuma was like, I don't want Tingle in the game. Like, I never liked Tingle until I realized that he could be in Hyrule Warriors and how stupid would that be. (laughs) And overthinking about what Tingle would be in Hyrule Warriors, he has become probably my favorite Zelda character. And after seeing that video, that's all I could have wanted out of that game was, was just Tingle looking really stupid shooting off balloons and hitting people with bags of money. Like, (laughs) 
I haven't gotten the DLC yet for Hyrule Warriors, but come February 5th, sure <laughs> shit, I will be getting that DLC. I really and felt... Replaying the entire game is Tingle. I really felt like this whole Nintendo Direct was just like, all right, we let Neil be pissed off for long enough. Like, we're going to fix some things. Like, so first there was this, and then there's something coming up that we'll get to that I, I won't spoil yet. But to me, it was very much like everything you've complained about in the past, like, three or four weeks we've been doing this show, like, was kind of rectified. Not everything, yeah. but a few things. And this was the yeah. first for sure. No, I mean, it was weird. Just, I, I mean, we'll get to more general conclusion, th- concluding thoughts at the end. But, like, at the end of this Direct, usually there's always something in the Direct that I'm like, well, that's horse shit. The end of this direct, I was just like, I don't know, like that was pretty good. Like I could complain about things, but I'm happy. Why bother? Yeah. Next up, they talked about Xenoblade Chronicles X quite a bit. It has a fantastic soundtrack and continues to have a fantastic soundtrack. And this track sounded like a little bit like Phil Collins at first, but then it turned into like a song from the world music section at Walmart. Yeah, it was like the Tarzan soundtrack, like the animated Tarzan film. And it was so weird at first, but it was super pleasant the more it went on. And I hope more of the soundtrack is like this, because you know what? It's it's super creative and super catchy. Every single song they show off for this game is amazing. Yeah, and not just that, because the music was amazing in Xenoblade Chronicles, like we talked about, but I just love that the uh sort of like the the visuals now are up to par with everything else that was great about xenoblade chronicles like yes okay it's not going to be like what we might see on a ps4 at this point but it still looked fantastic and i love that the whole point of that trailer was just like look at obviously all these like awesome unique worlds that are areas at least that you're going to be going through you know like every 15 or 20 seconds it's like shifting and showing you just some insane environment that's not really like anything you've seen before i mean yeah there was like some fire and different things like that but for the most part it wasn't just like here's the ice world, here's the fire world, like, here's the grass, like, field section. It was all very unique um, with, like, huge, you know, sprawling landscapes and giant monsters, and, yeah, I know, this, this, is, <laughs> this is my tingle announcement. This was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's coming out uh, in the yeah. end of April. Like, yeah, that's happening. But that means we're probably getting it in the fall, which makes me super, super happy. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what, it, that makes sense. Like, I could see... Like, I mean, well, less so than Fire Emblem. Like, maybe there's a chance that, like, it winds up coming out February next year, but I think that's the absolute latest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah, and also, no, since I mean, they're, supposed to be, they're supposed to be American this time, so does that mean no more terrible British accents? Because that'd be kind of disappointing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's part of the charm. Well, because is Schultz supposed to be in it? No, it's... Well, because... He could be in the game. He could make a cameo later on in the game. But yeah. from what I can tell, you create your own character at the beginning, and then you yeah. deal with that with new characters. Though uh, Ricky, the Nopong, or whatever yeah. his race was, those guys are coming back, but I don't know if Ricky himself is. Yeah. And it seems like it's taking cues from Xenoblade. It's definitely a successor, but uh, it's it's not strictly a sequel, it seems. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I would be shocked if there weren't callbacks to the original, but... Especially because they seem to be pushing Shulk as a character with his appearance in Smash Brothers and the re-releases on Blade Chronicles on 3DS. Yep. Like, I, I would be kind of shocked if, we, if you don't see some kind of reference to them. Like, maybe, oh man, what if Xenoblade Chronicles X is just kind of like Chrono Cross? That's what I was thinking, yeah. I yeah, don't like, think I mean, they could do that, man. Where, like, you go to the, like, you go to the Bionis at the end of the game. And then you see ghosts of the characters from the first one. It turns out they're all dead and miserable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry if I spoil Chrono Cross for you, but I didn't because there's about 
I don't know, I could probably go on for another hour and a half about what that plot actually is. It's so confusing, but it's so wonderful. Yep. I love that game. They detailed Mario vs. Donkey Kong Tipping Stars further. They gave it the title Mario vs. Donkey Kong Tipping Stars. And the reason why they're calling it Tipping Stars is because the big gimmick this time is that when you make levels online, you can now tip people coins that you've earned through playing the game, which is kind of a cool idea. What's so funny, Scott? I just I love that that's what they they name it after that mechanic. It's yeah. a cool mechanic, don't get me wrong, because I love that. Because if I played this game and I got the stars and I'm not gonna make levels, I would probably be terrible making levels. So it would be a waste for me to like buy all this stuff that I'm never gonna use properly. But it is cool that that, that currency I can actually give to someone who will use yeah. it properly. Like that's really neat. But that's so silly to name it tipping stars because literally because of that one that one single mechanic. Like, I kind of realized with the Mario vs. Donkey Kong games is that the one that came out on DSiWare was the first one of the minis games that I played. And, it, like, I, I love that game. I played it to death. And then they came out with, like, four more. <laughs> I kind of got to a point where that style of gameplay, like, really wore thin for me. Mm. And I, I can't... I, I might get it, like, depending on the price, but I just can't be excited for that game. It's kind of like how when Pushmo World came out, I think that I, I reached that same moment with the Pushmo series, where like unless they do something like Crash Mode, like they come out with Pushmo Two on 3DS, like I probably won't get it because I don't need more of that game. Like the original game already has so much. Yeah. Like, why do you need more? Yep. Isn't it so wild that this game is a direct sequel to the original Donkey Kong? Well, it's, I mean, like it's, it's a long line of direct sequels back to the original yeah. Donkey Kong. Like, this is the result. 30 yeah. years later. <laughs> the, the, the best other... is the one where, like, I think they're making it, like, Mario makes an amusement park, and then, like, Donkey Kong can't get in, and then Donkey, or Donkey Kong doesn't have enough money or something, or doesn't have money, <laughs> so he gets turned away, and then he just freaks out, and that starts the game. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we find out that Pauline actually is a character, and isn't just Peach. Yeah, uh, no, well, I mean, it's been like that for, for the entire series. We should we should try to break down the the, the Mario the, the Donkey Kong Historia because like <laughs> the where does Donkey Kong Country fit into this? Because you think that Mario like Donkey Kong to Mario versus Donkey Kong like that's all one continuous line, but then how do we get to Donkey Kong Country? I mean, I think the Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Country is supposed to be like what the the grandson. So is Donkey Kong Country in some kind of like. Apocalyptic future where all the humans are dead. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, Moving on. there's no humans. All the apes are. Is that is is it Planet of the Fucking Apes? That's Donkey Kong Country. You get it. We're gonna be playing like there's probably some hidden level in Tropical Freeze that we don't know about. But, like you get to the end and it's just a Statue of Liberty and a human <laughs> crying. It's Mario weeping there's... to himself. Mamma Mia. <laughs> So since, since since we're only halfway through, I'm just gonna just drill forward now. Okay, not, go for not it. fully, but but just yeah, put that, put Kong that note for later. Donkey Kong historian. Okay. okay. <laughs> There's cross by with the 3DS version, and that's a new thing. Where if you yeah, buy the really dumb because you have to buy one, and then you get a download code that you have to input to the other one. However, Scott or Alex, if one of you wants to go have these with me. <laughs> what if it's by the Wii U one the other one gets the 3DS version it'll be great we'll talk I after the show 
<laughs> yeah, I wondered about that, but I mean, now that you can link your, you know, your Nintendo ID, I wonder if it if it will work like that. It might still be tied to your account, even though they're making you download it with the code. It might I don't be know. A risk I'm willing to take. Well, sure. And then, <laughs> and then that's March fifth. Next yep. up, Namco Bandai Action Games. Uh, they're coming out with a free to download Wii U four player co op game named Project Treasure. There's no title or launch oh. date, but we know it's made by the Tekken team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I think so, so I remember there, there was something with Harada where he he made some allusion to him working on a Wii U game. So I guess that this is it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and then they went into the eShop stuff. They had their little indie reel that they like to do. Citizens they of Earth. Ellie. will have a review of Citizens of Earth uh, next Tuesday from our own Kim Keller. Excellent. That game looks interesting, like uh, an Earthbound style RPG with mm-hmm. a clever twist. But that's I think beside the point. Former, former Retro Studios guys, I think. So that's what some of them did? I think so. Okay. Uh, so some of the games they talked about, Elliot Quest, they talked about Black. they talked about Gunman Clive 2, which is coming this month. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I hope that comes out might be early tomorrow. next month. I follow uh, was it Bertel Horberg. I follow him on the Twitter. And like he had a final version submitted, but then noticed some bugs and then resubmitted it. And he made some comment after the direct saying that if the direct said January, that might happen, but it's not that likely. Okay. So either late January or early February for Gunman Clive 2. So then they also talked about uh, Moon Chronicles 2, 3, and 4. Those are all coming out soon. A bunch of new 3DS... Uh, excuse me. A bunch of new Sega 3D classes, classics, including lots of arcade shooters and racing games. Etrian Mystery Dungeon, that uh, is coming April soon. 7. April 7th, there we, we got go. a release date today, after the Direct. And then perhaps the funniest part of this entire Nintendo Direct was when they were talking about Story of Seasons, and they called it the beloved Bokujo Monotagari series, yeah. and then talked about it as if everyone knew what that meant, that <laughs> that was a Harvest Moon game. Because they legally can't say Harvest Moon, I guess. <laughs> Are they really not legally? Well, okay, so this might be considered commercial uh, for some purposes. Yeah. So they might not actually be allowed to talk about it. But, but that was super funny. Just just Bill Trin talking about that. Uh, Fossil Fighters Frontier is coming out March 20th. That's a little sooner than I thought. That game looks cool. I've never played one of these games, but it looks like Pokemon and I'm, the creature designs really awesome. I'm kind of in the same boat as you on this one. And I've looked at the, the other two from afar and always been like, maybe... And I'm looking at this one, and I think I might actually, I might bite the bullet and buy it. Maybe not when it comes out, but sometime this year, maybe during a lull. That's funny, because I looked at this and, and had the complete opposite reaction. I was like, nope, never, never, <laughs> ever touching this. Well, I remember hearing that the first one was a little rough, but then the second one added some stuff that fixed a lot of the issues in the first one. I haven't, I know that the Frontier is, has been out in Japan. I think it came out last year. Um but I, I, I've heard good things about the third one, and that it improved on the second one. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious. Like, I don't know if that curiosity will lead to a purchase, but I'll definitely pay attention more to Fossil Fighters than I ever have before. Uh, it's a cool-looking series, and it's one of those series where you don't realize it uh, immediately at first, but this is a Nintendo franchise. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's kind of interesting. But 16... Perhaps the biggest story of the direct, the new 3DS XL is coming to North America February 13th. And not, as, not the tiny one. 
not, not the tiny one. one. It was Which great. Made... It was great hearing uh, Biltrin and, and Reggie Fizeme strain when they were like, and the new Nintendo 3DS XL. Like, <laughs> they because they had to say that XL. They couldn't just say, oh, the new 3DS. Like, no, they had to say the whole word phrase. So it's it's clear that the way they were selling that, how they were focusing so much on like the 3D, how you can turn that like uh, left and right. It's clear that 3D isn't dead, that they actually do care about this feature to some extent still. And maybe it could be that they're just trying to sell the system, but it yeah. seems like they haven't given up on 3D in the same way we might have thought a year ago uh, when okay. Nintendo brought out the 2DS. Let's do a quick thought experiment, because I know we are running <laughs> very, very long. Uh, if you were given the new 3DS, you looked at the features that it has, what is the selling point? If you, if you let's like... Let's pretend we're in a marketing class in college. Like, if you're given that, what what's the one thing that you would focus on that that would sell to the widest audience? Of uh, okay, well, I can't answer your question necessarily. I can tell you what it what would sell it for me is if they focused on the fact that this is going to have exclusive hardware, really good exclusive hardware, and you can only get it through uh, the new 3DS because that creates a supply and demand that the good 3D doesn't really, because a lot of people I know already play with the 3D off. So if yeah. I was Nintendo, I would probably spend most of that focusing on the games that support new 3DS, or even support it exclusively, which they kind of did, as we'll talk about. But if I yeah. had to choose one feature, it would be, this is kind of like the Game Boy Color, but with 3DS, even though it wasn't anything like that, but that's how I would sell it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's uh, like... It seemed to me that, I mean, they kind of hit every big part of it in their little new 3DS spiel. Um, but the one that, like, if you're going to talk about it, like, I think that the 3D part of the 3DS is the flashiest thing to talk about. Because you can't be like, and it's going to run better. Like, that's not really that exciting. Like, to me it is. Right. Um, but if you don't really have that, com that, like, that contrast, then who cares? Right. And then another cool thing. Or, actually, no, this is the opposite of cool. <laughs> that there is no AC adapter in the new 3DS XL, which is so interesting. It's such an interesting thing to do for a North American audience to not include the AC adapter. And I cannot wait for the Game Facts threads where people are asking, where's the 3DS AC adapter? And then that's followed by comments of people angrily complaining to the original poster that they should have known to buy one in the store. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't know. Because it's never... the. I don't think there's a precedent for selling something without a th an AC adapter unless it's like, oh, it's a micro USB or something. Like, I think actually the the second Vita might not come with an AC adapter, but it's micro USB. Well, yeah, John Johnny Metz made the the point that it is if you unless you charge with USB, like you have to have an adapter. And I'm two minds of it. Like, of course, all us nerds that I know, we already have probably several DS and 3DS chargers lying around. Um, so it's not a big deal to us, but I would be pretty upset, like if I, you know, bought that uh, for myself or for my kid or something, and brought it home, and it's like, oh, uh, it's half charged, and now you have to go back to the store to buy a charger because it doesn't yeah. come with one. Like that's really kind of kind of stupid. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. What happens at Christmas though, when uh, a parent buys this for their kid, and it's not their problem that they're ignorant and that they don't know that it doesn't come with <laughs> an AC adapter because this has never happened before. Well, come Christmas, come Christmas, it won't be a problem. Because... Episode. Why did I have to buy a memory card in two thousand one? Yeah, that's a good question. No, he's got to know, man. You got to <laughs> learn. 
Um, but I don't think it'll be a problem at Christmas because in Christmas we'll have the release of the regular size new 3DS with an AC adapter packed in. Boom. Yep. <laughs> That'll probably happen. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for them to sell that as if it was the enhancement of the new 3DS XL by saying yep. the picture's a little sharper <laughs> and the face plates are here. And it's pretty much the next 3DS already in under a year. Isn't that fantastic, guys? Isn't that fantastic? It's happening. What's the best way to sell this thing as many times as possible to us uh, North Americans? Sell the version that no one wanted to buy first, and then sell the one everyone wanted after. Yeah. You know what's funny? Probably all of us talking about how I think I might go small on this one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The XL. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. The small one it will come at the end of this year. Bet on it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. We'll, we'll talk in a year. About that. <laughs> yeah, but. We'll talk uh, about uh, 17 Smash Bros is getting Amiibo support on 3DS in February, but 18, we're just going to skip over that Smash Bros because we knew this was happening. Uh, yeah. Codename Steam is getting cool Amiibo support. That the looks Fire really cool. Amiibo can be tapped to join your team temporarily during battles, and if they die during battle, they die for the entire battle in classic Fire Emblem fashion. You can't bring them back during uh, mission checkpoints after you fail. So that's yeah, real no, cool. Um, and then you can use the C-Stick for the camera. Yeah, uh, Codename Steam is looking better and better. Uh, eventually, yep, yep. I will understand how you play that game, and then I'll probably like it even more, because I like the idea that, like, I sat through that entire, like, hour-long developer discussion back at E3, and by the end of it, I still didn't really know what the hell was going on, but it looked really nice, and I, I like strategy games like that. It's just that I, needed, I need to play it for myself before I will be able, be able to understand that game. Yeah, yeah, to me, to me, this was exciting because the the Mario Party stuff with Amiibo was okay, but this was the first time I was like, okay, like this is a good use of Amiibo, and Amiibo you probably don't own, which is going to kind of push you to get new Amiibo. And uh, addressing one of Neil's initial complaints when we started the show, uh, Marth is coming back. Yeah, I like how he's yes. an offhand remark. Like, by the way. Yeah, and I remember a very handsome, very bald man on this show saying that when a game came around that was going to use these old Amiibo that were now out of stock and out of print, that they were going to come back. Who I can't. Alex, are you bald? You have your hat on. I can't remember bald. anymore. No, it's not yet. Yeah. So it was it was me, right? That was me. Okay, yeah, nailed yeah, it. Was it. Lindemann. Wasn't Lindemann on the show? <laughs> yeah, did Lindemann guess guess who? I think Lindemann was on the show. It was probably him. Um, yeah, because Nintendo isn't going to miss out on an opportunity to make money. So, of course, they're going to bring back these Amiibo when they have practical uses in new games. Boom. I hope the Villager one comes back and that one gets replenished before For sure. they when move on when, to Cross, when the next Animal Crossing comes out, there will be a Villager Amiibo and probably additional Amiibo. See, yeah, my issue with that is... Why doesn't Nintendo just like say like, hey, if you're worried about not being able to use some kind of special feature of this in Amiibo, don't worry. When we release Animal Crossing Wii U, there will be an ass ton of villager Amiibo. Instead, they need to make it seem like, well, I, I guess I'm going to go have to go behind that alley and, and do something real bad to a dude and then get my villager Amiibo and walk away shamefully. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Seems, I, I think part of it is no, just... There's no explanation. They're not saying shit. Well, I think they don't say shit. Being like, Marth is going to come out eventually later this year. 
Well, I think they don't say shit because they want you going to the store and buying everything that's on the shelf. So if you think, yeah, oh my god, they're not this... even on the shelves. Well, exactly. If you think like, oh, this amiibo is only going to be available this long, I better pre-order. I better get it the second it comes out. Then they move everything that they initially stocked, and then they'll restock it when you know the time's right. Yeah, but then you just—I mean—it encourages the scalper market, where guess who's making the most money off of amiibo? Not Nintendo. It's the dude <laughs> who pre-ordered about hundred Rosalinas. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, that kid's got to send his. That guy's got to send his kids to college. Let's think of him. You're trying to cut him well, out of the also, picture. You know what? Rosalina is going to work with Mario Party Nine, and as far as I can 10. tell, it looks like it looks like Rosalina or yeah, Mario Party Ten. Now it's going to go back in time and work with the new one. <laughs> um, but I mean, Rosalina is going to work with Mario Party Ten. That's about two months away. Uh, it looks like uh, you're going to have to pay some dude who pre-ordered a hundred of them in order to get a Rosalina. So where is the, the, the soothing, reassuring tone that be like, don't worry, baby, Rosalina will be around. We'll see. We'll see. I, I love the idea of all these people with Rosalina as their wife who have to pay the man who hates them more than anything $150 <laughs> just, just so they can get a piece of plastic. I, I love that guy. See, see, as much as I'm insane over the Amiibo thing, like, I just saw, I was like, oh, I can't pre-order Rosalina. Looks like it's going to be impossible to get. Well, looks like I won't get Rosalina. Going to move on with my life. <laughs> See, that that's the healthy reaction. Next up, yeah. I, you, you've made some big strides, Neil. <laughs> outside, of, outside of calling every target within, like, an hour <laughs> radius, being like, do, do you got Captain Falcon? <laughs> please, please, can you hold it for me? I swear I'm coming. All right, go, Alex. What's next? Ace Combat Assault Horizon, the uh, that new Ace Combat game is coming to the 3DS February 13th, and okay. that is a cool launch game. I'm not going to play it, but you know what? It's cool that it exists. I think that game cool already game. came out on 3DS. I am. You almost... think it's it's a revamped version of the launch <laughs> yeah. game or the kind of I, launch I game? I forgot to look this up. Uh, what is it? Assault Horizon. Yeah, like it's coming up. There's reviews. I think we, we might have a review on the website. <laughs> but it might it might be a sequel. I mean, I leave open the possibility that this isn't just. I'm pretty just, sure it's uh, a remake. Okay. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Someone will probably tell us in the comments or not. But I hope we're not wrong. Anyways, uh, that's see, pretty cool. Uh, James Jones gave it an eight on November twenty eighth, two thousand eleven. <laughs> it's not a perfect translation of the three DS, but it's packing a lot of firepower. That's a, that's a hell of an abstract, James. <laughs> They also detailed Xenoblade Chronicles 3DS for North America. That game's coming out on April 2nd. Monster no, Games is making not. it. It is not? It probably is, but North America is April. Everywhere else. Okay, so that, that IGN story I saw, they uh, they mistakenly said April 2nd. Well, I mean, it, maybe April, mistakenly. 2nd, April 2nd is Europe and Japan, but okay. North America is just April for some reason. Which I think that's just the left not knowing what the right's saying. And it's probably coming out on April 2nd. Uh, you can view character stats on the bottom screen. And it's Xenoblade, so it's going to be fantastic. Here's my problem with buying Xenoblade again, is that when I played this game, I played it for 63 hours, and I love the shit out of it. That game gets super hard and super annoying towards the end, and it's one of those games where even though I love 95% of it, it's that other 5% that's keeping me from going through the whole replay again. See, as someone who played probably roughly about 15 to 20% of that game, I'm really excited to play that 3DS version. Sure. It's, uh, I, I hope you beat it, because it's, it's one of those RPGs that's worth sticking with. 
Yeah, I mean, I, like, and I, I think I might have said this when Xenoblade Chronicles 3D was first announced in Japan back in August, but I am way more likely to finish this game on 3DS than I would Wii or Wii U. Um, so I'm really, really excited for it to come to 3DS because I, I will probably consistently put time into this game over weeks and, and finish it off. It's what I've been doing with Phoenix Wright this week. I'm just depressed that this game keeps getting uglier and uglier. It doesn't deserve yeah, it. It is kind of humorous, <laughs> but... I mean, that's the thing. is like Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, uh, which was also developed by the developers of this, this port to 3DS of Xenoblade, uh, Monster Games. Like, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D outside of some assy load times. It ran really well, and it was impressive that they got a really good-looking Wii game to work on the 3DS with, you know, some minor drawbacks. But that's the thing is it might look like butt, but it's it should run smoothly. I have faith. Um, but we might have yeah. more information about that faith soon because there was there was a press event in San Francisco today. Um, and while we can't talk about it yet, be able to talk <laughs> about it soon. I wasn't there. Kurt and Aaron were. Cool. Uh, they announced another game coming to New. 3DS, but this one's also coming to 3DS. Ironfall Invasion by the indie developer VD Dev. That's coming out soon. And then yep. it's a fast-paced third-person shooter. And it looks competent. And it looks decent. I, I hope it plays like a good third-person yeah. shooter. I, I, remember, uh, I remember hearing about this game a while ago, and it looked really promising. And then it kind of went totally ghost. Um, and I guess this might have been why. Because it seems like it might, it looks like it might have been kind of, maybe not redesigned for the new 3DS, but seemed to be built more to take more advantage of it. Which I think is also part of the reason why, like, Moon Chronicles hasn't had every episode come out. Is that they're trying to align more with, you know, when more people could play it more comfortably. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, then they talked about Monster Hunter for you. That game is coming out on February 13th as it's a launch Monster game. Hunter for you. For <laughs> for new 3ds, and that that's pretty cool. That's about a month earlier than I expected it to come out, but it's it's good that they, uh, regardless of their original intentions, that it's being shifted up to February 13th. There is a new Monster Hunter for you, a new 3ds XL special edition that looks cool and silvery. 229 GameStop only. It wasn't sold out as of a few hours ago. It might be sold out soon, or it might sell out tomorrow. That was that would have been the one that I would have gotten if I didn't get the uh, Majora's Mask, but we'll be talking about that one in a little while. And then um, there's going to so be a Monster Hunter. I'm not crazy. It's Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, not for you, right? For Ultimate, I, I was I was short on this name. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, no, that's the way I abbreviated it. In my okay, I mean we'll, we'll be talking about Monster Hunter Four. I assume in about a month. Um, I right. I think I'm gonna get it. I uh, I I played I played a couple demos of it over the past like E3, New York Comic Con and stuff, and I, I think this might be finally the next version of Monster Hunter that I that I dive back into, because I got really into the Wii release and then never never played 3 Ultimate, and I think 4 Ultimate looks really, really good, and it seems to be making... like I mean, that's the one thing, is that the sequels do seem... I mean, they are iterative. They are, they are sequels. But they're making strides to make it more of an approachable game, which I really like, because that was my thing, is that Monster Hunter Chai was the game that I got really into and then didn't play it for a week and then didn't know what the hell was going on when I went back to it because it's so deep and complex. Yeah, it's uh, I got 
I got pretty into the one on Wii U when I reviewed that last year, I think, or it yeah. might have been 2013. Either either way, that, it was a really cool game. I wish I got 200 hours into it like so many other people do. This one is supposed to be really good, so I'll, I'll probably pick it up. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Uh, demo's coming soon. Puzzle swap panel. And then that's Yeah, but that. I think it's a dumb thing like with the Pokemon demo where like you can only get it from codes. I, I think that's the case because I, I was on yeah. V and uh, it looked like they were saying like uh, Monster Hunter code giveaway thread. So it seemed like those might be available now to some people. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they are. Actually, I can talk about that because Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate was not embargoed at all from that event today. Um, I know that uh, our people who went to the event, they got codes for the demo. So it is one of those demos. Okay, but that'll probably come to the eShop Closer to the release, or, or don't just, release. Don't just like out the ass. Like that's what I mean. That's what happened with Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Is it got to a point where like I would see people on Twitter being like, "Hey, I still got some codes. Does anybody want them?" And then like <laughs> an hour later, they'd be like, "I still got a lot of codes. Does anybody want them?" <laughs> and finally, Majora's Mask 3D is coming out on the same day as the new 3DS, as everyone kind of expected, February 13th. They revealed that the new 3DS XL is going to allow full C-stick camera movement, which is a really cool feature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they... is, is that really? Like, yeah, I think so. Does that add anything it's, to the game? Think of how bad most N64 cameras are. Right, like moving incrementally, like left to right, like in fixed angles. Uh, okay. I think that's really cool. It's not exciting, but it's cool and it's really yeah. good to hear. Uh, so that that's happening. And then if you pre-order Codename Steam, you can get a Majora's Mask pin. <laughs> Which is just basically uh, like, for the love of God, please it. pre-order Codename Steam. <laughs> you guys went nuts over the limited edition. Just get the pin. Do it. Do it. <laughs> please. And then at first, I was super pissed off and bummed that uh, the regular new 3DS wasn't coming to North America. I, I believe my most uttered phrase of this morning, once I realized that this ad was probably legit, was in fact, fuck Nintendo. <laughs> but my tides on that changed just a little bit when I found out that this beautiful Majora's Mask new 3DS XL is coming out to North America. I walked over to a physical GameStop to pre-order it because it sold out online within 20 minutes and I wasn't near a computer at the time. And the way GameStop's pre-order stuff works is even though it wasn't available in store, they could still order it online for you to ship to your house. And when you do it that way, they have more stock in a weird, like, secondary warehouse. So if you went this morning... Right, now it is completely out. Like, even, I think, an hour after I went. And I went at, like, 10.30 a.m. this morning, I think. Uh, even after that, it's now completely sold out. But then it later went up on Best Buy and was around for around 40 to 50 minutes, I think. Yeah, and I then think I bought Amazon, it still hasn't gone up on Amazon. Um, I don't know. After Target with the Rosalina Amiibo stuff, I've, that might happen at 4 a.m. tonight. I don't know. Yeah, I bought I bought mine uh, at Best Buy or from Best Buy's website today. Yeah, it's a nice looking new 3DS, and I, I feel better about buying the new 3DS XL. Now that I know that at least I have the best looking version I'm going to get. Yeah. And until the the uh, the Wind Waker 3D version next year. Yeah. <laughs> that would be too much if they if they had two 
Wind Waker remakes <laughs> within 24 months. Twilight Princess 3D. Not going to happen. Oh, I, I'm already bored just hearing that. Uh, so that should do it. Uh, before we close, Scott, what are your final thoughts on the Nintendo Direct? Um, I loved it. I mean, it felt like E3. I mean, there was so much. I think it's interesting that we're getting this like ebb and flow now where it's like we'll have a year or at least half a year where everything's Wii U focused and it seems like the 3DS is kind of getting ignored. And then now it's like, oh, all this great 3DS stuff. And it's like, yeah, and some Wii U stuff's coming too. So they're kind of like trying, I feel like trying to still hit this balance between both where they're heavily supporting both. Um, but it was great. I'm excited. Can't wait to get the new 3DS, uh, you know, in a few weeks and play some Majora's Mask uh, fully for the first time because I kind of don't like it, but I'm willing to dive in and give it another shot. So, uh, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you, Scott, that I, I never really got into Majora's Mask, but I'm really, really excited for the 3DS remake because everything that I keep on seeing about them making it a little more friendly, like, that was always my issue with that game. Why I could never get into it is that it was very, like, if you don't understand exactly what is going on this, with this game, like, go fuck off. And, like, you, you, had to, you had to figure out all the intricacies before you could really dive in. And it seems like the way they have it set up is that it's a little more lenient and will let you kind of, like, get into the groove of the game more before being like, all right, now the bomber's notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, I, I, mean, I thought... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you go on. Okay. Uh, this year is fantastic for Nintendo so far. Like, just in, like, November of last year, this seemed like the 2015 was going to be a slow, steady decay for them. But now they seem stronger than they've been in, like, two or three years. Like, there's big releases pretty much coming every month after January, even counting January if you count the Wii stuff. Like, I don't know. In fact, I will say, counting Zelda at the end of the year, counting Xenoblade Chronicles X, counting this cool, uh, different stuff they're doing. I'm excited to be a Nintendo fan this year. I, I think that they're doing some real cool stuff, and I don't think i felt that way in a while. Well, I think that this quarter... Now, is, go ahead, Neil. I, I think that this quarter turned out to be way better than I ever thought it could be, when, like, kind of once... once you, There was kind of that moment where you're like, all right, we got Kirby, we got maybe Zelda, Codename Steam, that's it. Like, they definitely filled it in a lot more, and I think what's helping it out a lot, too, is honestly Amiibo. Because, really, like, take away Amiibo from the first half of this year, and it's it's a lot more empty. Or even DLC. Like, if you think about that, like, even, I mean, going out to May, like, we know that we'll be getting Mewtwo around then, um, and we'll get that second Mario Kart 8 DLC. And I think that's helping Nintendo kind of keep a more consistent flow throughout the year as they are faced with you know, adjusting to the fact that basically their system is them and very little else. Um, and I'm I'm very excited for what this year could potentially bring, although I, I still kind of worry about the summer, but we're not there yet, so I guess we'll see what happens then. But definitely from now until April, it looks like it's going to be fantastic. One final thing we should bring up before we close the show is that a rhythm... Heaven game was actually announced on the Japanese Nintendo and Direct. Style Savvy 3. Style Savvy 3. Actually, yeah. I didn't and, hear about that until you just said it. And a weird looking uh, like puzzle game on the eShop, like I guess like kind of puzzle platformer thing from Hell Labs is coming to the 3DS eShop in Japan. That looks really cool. I forget what the name of it is. Think, something with an H. Do you think any of those are hitting this year? Um, I think Rhythm Heaven will probably be early 2016. Um, yep. And uh, what was the other? Style Savvy 3. 
Yeah, maybe mid, fall, mid if not next year. Um, and that that Hal Labs game, I don't know if it'll suffer the fate of Harmonite or Solo Tebow. Um, right. So like, will it actually come out, or will it just never go away? Solo, Solo Tebow, Tebow will probably come back. I, I don't know. Like that, it's been out for a while. I ended up. Uh, when I got my Japanese 3DS, I played a lot of Smash Brothers, but I also played a lot of Solotibo, Solotiba, um, and I just played the demo, and I didn't really know what the hell was going on, but I was playing Solitaire, and then I'd be racing horses, and I'd be going between the two, and it was really, really awesome, and I'm kind of pissed that that game hasn't come out in English yet, because I want to know what I'm actually doing other than playing Solitaire and then occasionally racing a horse. Hopefully, one day it will. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much to everyone who is watching and will watch in the future. Uh, to the 30-some-odd people who are watching now and the people who will watch it in the future, if you can, we would really appreciate it if you would leave in the comments what you thought of the show, what you liked, what you disliked, what you disliked, so we can improve this and make it the best Nintendo news report it can be. And also, if you're one of the people watching this show for the first time, come back next Thursday at 10 p.m. when we will be... Uh, doing the next installment of this show, we'll be talking about a top story, new releases, new stories for the week, and it is a really good time. Thank you so much. Thank you to Neil right. and Scott for joining me. Also, mm-hmm. um, if you want to hear, uh, there is that San Francisco press event that Nintendo hosted. That was after the Direct. If you want to hear about all what was there, uh, the embargo for all that stuff goes up tomorrow morning, I think at about 8 o'clock. I don't know if it's Pacific or Eastern time. I think it's Pacific. Um, so check out NintendoWorldReport.com, and we'll have we'll have some hands-on previews. We'll have some video of of some games that you heard about in this direct. Um, it should be pretty cool, and we'll have more stuff on you know the new 3DS and all that jazz in the ensuing weeks before it comes out. Less than a month away. That's pretty cool. And, and you know what? Actually, as soon as you're done watching this, as soon as you hit exit on this video, check out Nintendo World Report right now, because as far as I know, Neil just put out a pretty dope editorial, and uh, then you can see it's how... It's a pretty dumb one, but... My predictions were yesterday. There's really good content outside of the news stories that we just discussed. Thank you so much. Neil can be found on Twitter at Enron10, N-R-O-N, the number 10. Scott can be found at OKSoda, O-K-N-D, word soda. I can be found at C-U-L-A-F-I-A, that is Lafia. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget you can watch us record Nintendo News Report live on Thursday evenings. And if you've got a moment, please send in your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and give us a nice five-star rating on iTunes. Now stay tuned for our Doctor Who bonus segment. everyone and welcome to this bonus segment of connectivity i'm scott thompson and today i'm with nicholas bray hello and amanda albert ahoy it's time for that doctor who talk oh yeah you knew it was coming we knew it was coming eventually <laughs> when our schedules could finally uh click here um little Planets peek behind aligned. yeah a little peek behind the curtain we had actually planned to record like right after the uh season finale like a month ago and then, like, for two weeks, could just, like, not get it all working. Um, so we're like, you know what? The Christmas special's in two weeks. Oh, well, let's just wait till that happens. 
And then there was even like another week where we couldn't get the schedules working. But here we go. We got it. It's not my so. fault. Someone has kids and someone else has a job. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, you know, Nicholas's job wouldn't be a problem, but like the time zone difference makes it uh, uh, kind, of a, kind of an issue. I'm going to say, Nick, you got to quit your job. It's a problem. <laughs> You that's right. Really at, the moment, this, at the moment, I'm on to this a segment. different we, shift again, so that's so good. Oh, you are on a different shift now? I'm back on my regular rotation for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why well, we're doing today. <laughs> is that is that good, or is that like what you were doing didn't work out? Um, it's just you know people on holidays and stuff. I'm I'm not sure oh, what's okay. happening. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're gonna talk some Doctor Who. Um. There were a few episodes we didn't talk about leading up to the season finale, but. We're not going to waste any time on those because we've got plenty to talk about between the finale and the Christmas special. Besides, one of them was like that stupid one where the trees took over the planet and it was just the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, I had to watch that one today. Garbage. Total garbage. The worst. Yeah, I liked looking at that episode. It looked nice. You know, they, yeah. I like I, looking I, at all of them. I, I will say this, like this episode, I think this, this whole season has been like probably the most visually impressive season to me. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I don't know if the budget has just increased or, like, they just found a good way to do practical special effects. But I, th- I think, for the f- most part, the season has looked very good. Mm. Um, but that episode, in general, was very bad. Uh, so, F that. We're talking finale. Two-parter. Let's go. Start right off the bat. Uh, the Master's back. I was uh, right! I guess, Amanda, mm. you just guess it long enough. Eventually, you gotta be right one time, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> so, kind of the obvious uh, choice here, I guess. I mean, How Missy, Mistress, Master. I mean, I, I didn't think about it right away, but then it happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that I probably should have seen that coming from a mile away. Call um, it. What about you? I mean, Amanda, you guess everyone, every character's <laughs> the Master. Did you legitimately think she was the Master? Oh, or? yes. Yeah. Okay. Come on. I thought it was pretty likely, um, but I was waiting for the Moffat twist, you know, like he'd lead us down the master route and then pull a a rabbit from a different hat. <laughs> no, yeah, the Moffat twist is now. Look, I'm doing a Moffat twist. Moffat tw- <laughs> the Moffat twist now is just to do what you expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless it unless it's Sherlock, and then it's like never what you expect. Then but like, uh, no, if it's Doctor Who, no, mm. now Sherlock, we're at the point where they're just breaking the fourth wall every five minutes. That's true. That does happen a lot as well. Yeah, series uh, three kept taking me out of it. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we have, uh, it turns out this whole season, you know, we see all the dead people in heaven. Uh, it turns out that their bodies are being used uh, to be Cybermen uh, to invade the world in, I guess, you know, 2014, I guess our modern time. And they're in the cloud. Uh, yeah, they're in the, the cloud. Cued. So, yeah, so this, they just get downloaded directly in. Um, I guess everyone except Danny Pink decided to erase their memory, uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I really enjoyed part one. I kind of wish I hadn't. Do, do you guys watch, like, at the end of the episode, do you watch the little, like, 15-second teaser they'll do for the next episode? Uh, those are yeah, almost usually. as infuriating as the ones for the Mad Men next times. Oh, really? See, I watch Mad Men oh. all on Netflix. I don't actually watch it, like, God, as it's those happening. things are so fucking infuriating (laughs) um because this one was especially bad because leading into part one the little teaser like showed cybermen i mean flying around Mm -hmm. um Mm. so i knew like okay they're cybermen so within five minutes of the episode starting and you see all the all the skeletons like in the you know in the mausoleum you're like oh okay those are probably gonna be cybermen Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas if i hadn't seen that little teaser that would have been totally freaking awesome like i love I love that idea of like these bodies being harvested and collected 
uh, for this long. And then, yeah, and then just being turned into, uh, into Cybermen and unleashed upon the world. Like that, to me, that was kind of a cool idea. Um, especially for the Cybermen, which I feel like have been kind of stale for a while. Um, mm-hmm. but what, what did you guys think about that initial reveal and everything? I want to know when the guy, Dr. Chang, dips his hand in the water, why his sleeve isn't wet. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking, what would be the dumbest, most annoying response? There we go. It's, it's made of that sand that can't get wet. You know that special sand that you can buy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. What? What is this sand? I've never heard of this. It's like a kid's toy. But you can like, it's like you put this magic sand in water and you pull it out and it's bone dry. It's like. Really is this weird. something only available in Australia land? Maybe. I don't know. You're in America. Sink <laughs> it's wet in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um the godless land where sand never gets wet. <laughs> anyway, um let's just get back on track. Um this, I, I think know, we this... are on track. <laughs> I don't know. Right, the subman, yeah, the subman the was really surprising to me because, like, I'd sort of heard about it ages ago, even before yeah. the tr- teaser came out. But um, they were pretty much like not really used that much in this two-parter. Well, no, and see, that's the problem. To me, part one was was pretty awesome. I mean, you get the Cybermen reveal. You kind of get, uh, you know, I mean, you get that start with Danny Pink dying and like Clara pretty much shutting down. She like is malicious towards the Doctor and like basically like makes him uh work with her to rescue danny which i i think he would have probably helped her regardless which i think he even said as much Mm -hmm. um but you know you see that whole plan she concocts to like uh like bend him to her wheel uh will basically which was pretty crazy you know throwing all the keys into the lava and everything to be fair though he comes across pretty cold kind of hard to read he does yeah but he even says as much at the end of that scene um you know something like like along the effect of like, do you really think like your betrayal wouldn't affect me or something like that? Something to that effect that, I mean, he's, he's do very upset. Do you really by. care so little about her to think that betraying him there you go. would change anything? Um, I didn't yeah, watch that today. <laughs> it sounds like you did. <laughs> I watched the Christmas special episode again yesterday to be ready to go. Um, so part one to me was really great and it had this great buildup. I mean, you get the master, you get the Cybermen unleashed upon the world. Like, okay, cool. And then part two, I think, completely fell apart for me. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but it just seemed to kind of like, it didn't really go anywhere. Like, oh, okay, like the doctor is now the, the president of the world. Like, that's kind of funny. There is so much shit shoehorned in there in the yep. last 20 minutes. Yep. It felt like somebody spent a lot of time writing the first part and then had like a drunken bender <laughs> and then yeah. realized three weeks later, I got to turn this in. And you know, I feel like Doctor Who kind of unravels a lot like this, at yeah. least at least in the the modern era, when you involve these like plots that put the whole world in peril, mm-hmm. because there's just no way to really like adequately illustrate that in a forty minute you know time span. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, okay, the Cybermen are out there; it's raining on graves to make new Cybermen. Like, okay, that's cool, but we didn't really ever see anything. We don't really know what the Cybermen are doing. Like the first half hour, the Doctor's just in an airplane. Um, and then, yeah, it's like in the last 10 minutes, everything sort of happens, uh, and then it's over, and that's it. And it's like, okay, well, that that didn't really, like, that didn't do anything for me. Um, to me, like, one of the best of, of the modern finales was the first one with the Master, where the, the Doctor is is stuck, like, in the helicraft or whatever it was. Um, oh, when he you know, fell from space? 
What's that? When he fell from space and landed. Yep, basically. Jeez. <laughs> um, you know, and he's he's like in the cage and he's being like aged and everything like that. Like that when because they turned it focused... him into Dobby. Yeah, I he, I was gonna make that reference. He does look like Dobby. <laughs> That's his name, Dobby um, Doctor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dobby uh, Doctor. <laughs> Like, I liked that because it focused, like, it was insular. I mean, like, yeah, there's real-world implications some, somewhat, but it, it's insularly focused on, on the main cast. And John Sim in a dress is hilarious. Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to me, mm. this just, like, really fell flat. Um, and then, the, like, the resolution, so uh, Danny erases his memory after all, and then he, I guess he doesn't, or, like, love is too strong or something. You know, I, uh, I don't know. It was It was bad. Uh, but what what did you guys think? Um, Some, something along those lines. Also, yeah. the brigadier. That was yeah. crazy. Mm. I thought that was an okay touch. Um, but it just piled on top of everything else. Like, you don't have to have 12 different things wrap up. Right. That's the just, crazy thing to me. It's like... A lot of, yeah, a lot of the just, um, threads through the episodes and stuff um, didn't really come together and make sense at the end i don't think like i don't i'm not even sure what the master's real plan was really like why what was the point why did she do all that here's my favorite description ever of the master and the doctor i think i might have said this before but it's i think it bears repeating especially with the new developments with the master their relationship is kind of like when you have a crazy fucking ex and you don't even talk to them anymore and you've been broken up for years but every week they still drive by your house just to see. <laughs> yeah, that that's not bad. I could I could see that. Yeah, I feel like that's appropriate. <laughs> Have you ever been with one of those people? A lot of what they do is fucking nuts. <laughs> like just to kind of mess with you more oh, so than anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she didn't seem very motivated by the end to like really follow through with anything. It, they don't it very need much... a reason. They don't need a reason to drive by. Right. They're just going to do it because they're nuts. Yeah, it was very much just to, like, test the doctor. Because even in the end, that's right. She, like, gives control of the Cybermen to the doctor or something. Yeah. I and mean, it was it was all... I mean, what's he going to do with them? I mean, really? Like, now we're worried about his moral character? I mean, come on. Like, that's... But, and the same thing with the doctor. Like, every time you would think, oh, come on. You don't need to save this person or have any interaction. He still goes back and interacts again. They, they'll never learn. They're idiots. <laughs> I feel like that's the one relationship where logic doesn't apply. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's probably true. Another thing that was, like, sort of annoying was, like, there was no explanation from wh- where the master came from or, you know, like, the doctor wasn't even that, like, he didn't even go, oh, how did you get out of Gallifrey or I, how did you I get wondered, away from Rassilon, you know? He didn't say anything. I no. wonder if that's going to be part of the through line for Series 9. I hope so, because otherwise that's a very big remiss opportunity for something that would be interesting. Well, probably, because she's certainly not dead. I mean, despite, like, seeing her get shot or whatever. Oh, I mean, no, she's no... already confirmed to show me back. Right, mm. yeah. So, yeah, we'll probably get more of that. And we did, I mean, I guess the only real, like, long-standing thing from that is we did get, you know, Gallifrey is out there and the Doctor can supposedly find it now. And he says he finds it, but as we find out in the Christmas special, he actually hasn't found it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's for sure coming. So let, let's I, – I don't even want to – the finale will, to me was a real downer. I will I mean, say I did like him smashing the TARDIS Yeah. when he finds out it's not there. That was a compelling moment. That was yeah. really good to see Capaldi kind of lose it. Yeah. And yeah. that doctor because he's been able to remain composed even when he's mad. 
But this, it felt like, okay, you're seeing him powerless, which is always interesting to me. Yep. And then I like how it ended with them both lying to each other. Like, yeah. that seems at least the one through line of the series. Mm. It's consistent for the plot and the character ve- development is them showing you how much alike they really are yeah. and how they're kind of a bad influence on one another. Yeah, that's true. And I, I did like that Danny didn't come back, that he ended up rescuing, you know, having that, that boy that he killed and that, that kind of guilt that he had carried with him throughout life. Like, he was able to kind of let that go now because he did the right thing and brought that kid back. Like, okay, like, that, yeah. that's fine. He's you know, better like that, than both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But And then he's dead, so I guess that shows you what that gets you. <laughs> that's life! <laughs> um. But yeah, let's move on to the Christmas special because I thought this was actually much, much, much better uh, than the finale. And I'm so glad they were only like a month apart because it, it definitely mm. washed uh, the bad taste of the finale out of my mouth. Um, what did you What did you guys think? Just just broad before we go into like real detail. I mean, are you guys with me on that? Yeah, I'm glad Stephen Moffat. Yeah. I'm glad he's seen Inception. Yeah, right. It was totally Inception. <laughs> I mean, by the end of it, I guess the doctor was like within like what he was like four dreams deep, because um, like, you know, he even wakes up the one time, but then wakes up again. Ninety eight percent of the episode was in a dream. Like the start of it was like all the dream. Like, yep. Yeah. And then it ends with that autistic kid looking at the snow globe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys. You've seen Saint Elsewhere. Uh, yeah, at some point, but it has okay. been a long time. But right. I know, I know, I know the reference. I get what okay. you're saying. <laughs> Good. Um, so yeah, I like this and I like that they were kind of, uh, willing to not really break the fourth wall, I guess, uh, so much, but sort of, uh, they weren't, uh, very like coy about the references. They kind of just came right out and said it. Like, I really enjoyed, because uh, right away when I saw those, those, what were they, the dream, Dream crabs, whatever. Dream crabs. Like right away, I was like, "Oh, that's like a face hugger from Alien." And then mm-hmm. I love that 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 came back. I love the idea that like they kept bringing in like, like racism and like offensiveness. Hey, um, you guys, you know why the Doctor has never seen Alien, right? <laughs> why? Because he was he... in it. Yeah. <laughs> because he was in it. John yeah, Hurt's John in Hurt. Alien. Oh yeah, that's right. Good point. And Paul McGann. What? Really? He's in Aliens. Oh, oh wow. no! Wait, isn't he in like Aliens Three? Something. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, probably Alien Three. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish it's the same difference. That'd be great. Then Alien Three would be good. Um, yeah, but I like that. Um, and it was just, it was, it was funny. I, I thought the, you know, the the first half where you think everything's actually going on. Like I thought the. The monsters were interesting enough. I like the idea that they sort of feed off you thinking about them and, and everything like that. And they're just mm. dissolving your brain and eating it while you uh, are just dreaming. Um, it doesn't make sense how they're not suffering any kind of even mild brain damage by the fact that, like, some of their brain was dissolved while they were sleeping. Well, it might have um, only been, like, a, a couple of minutes. Well, right. I guess they cover that up by saying, like, well, in dreams, like, you know, an hour is only, yeah. like, a second yeah. in, in real life or whatever. Um but even they could still. have used a different song <laughs> instead of that Merry Christmas song again, though. They've used like that last like Christmas? three or four times. They could have used Last yeah. Christmas? What? They could have used Last Christmas? I know. I, I, they should have. Like, If it was RTD, that would have been the song. Like, <laughs> yeah. So hey, easily. what are you trying to say? <laughs> what are you trying to say, Nick? 
he's everybody likes what? George Michael. Okay, Moffat's just lazy. He used a song that he's already <laughs> used before. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's like his way. Like that's just like this is what ties them all together. All these Christmas episodes, but yeah, to me, it's just more oh, lazy God. than anything. What if that was the through line? Is that terrible song? <laughs> uh, what did you guys think about Nick Frost as Santa Claus? Yeah, he was good. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I liked the entrance um, when they're at the North Pole and his entrance with all the toys like yeah. marching in and that that was really cool. I liked that bit. It's so funny. Yeah, I like and that I, he didn't go with go the ahead. typical. I like that he was kind of rough around the edges. That he didn't make them all sweet and nice. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean he was very because I felt like when we saw him in the end of the finale, I thought like, oh wow, like he's playing this pretty straight like. Kind of classic Santa, um, but then when you watch the Christmas special, yeah, it's very much not that. Um, so yeah, I thought he he did a good job, and they had fun with it. And then I especially liked it by the end, where you realize, oh, like Santa isn't real; it's just the the one kind of thought because of the timing that that unified all of them. Um, you know, like Santa's not actually there, what which was mean? good because you know, Wait, like I. I I can accept saying? like I can accept like Robin Hood in episodes and things like that. <laughs> wait, but like, wait, wait, at, at this, wait, 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 <laughs> hold on, you guys. But like by like and that entrance of Santa, I was like, oh wow, like this is this is gonna be kind of overdone. Like I don't I don't know about all this. I know like Doctor Who's technically supposed to be a kids show, I guess, but this is kind of going a bit over the top for me. So I'm glad that it was like no, it's just you know that's sort of a memory and thought that that brought them all together. So. It, it made it a lot more palatable for me. I think they should. It would have been like might have been interesting if like um, the guy that was Santa was also dreaming. Like he just like you just have a shot of Nick Frost at the end, like waking up, and he's like, "Oh, what's going on?" You know, also you know, like he's a, <laughs> he's, wait, wait, wait. He's a drunken mall Santa that passed. I was out. just gonna say, yeah, he's like a mall Santa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just in his he's car. Like a, he, he's, like... he's in the mall, like he's in the yeah, in his car, like in the mall break room, just like with the thing on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would with have been the, a way to tie it all together with the carbon monoxide. Waiting God. for that. To... Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought you know, even with the longer running time, I thought it all ran, uh, you know, quickly. It, it felt cohesive. Um, you know, one like idea followed through completely. It wasn't overloaded like the finale. The thing um, I liked about like, liked about it was like uh, by the end, like all of the um, stuff from series eight has like sort of been resolved, and the Doctor and Clara are both like on the same page and like friends, and they they yeah, just want the they, they just they just want to go out and have like adventures and stuff together instead of sort of butting heads. So um, right. I think season nine is going to have them two united, and you know stuff's going to be happening around them that's going to bring the tension on a bit better um, yeah i agree i think, like, they'll I, be really good. Gonna... I think they're gonna be a really good team in season nine yes i definitely agree that i don't think they'll be lying to each other i don't think we'll see as much of like clara in the outside world like this force pulling her away from the doctor yeah i think it'll be very much them like together throughout you know working together to get into hijinks as they always do and then she's gonna uh, get killed yeah, probably. I mean, are we surprised that I was kind of surprised that she's she's for sure coming back? Because isn't the rumor been the whole time that she wouldn't be coming back? Uh, so, that she would be like killed in the kept, Christmas special? She kept flip-flopping, but she said in the end she was uh, really enjoying the chemistry and where the writing was going to potentially go. Yeah. So that changed her mind. Yeah, I could see that. I could see her opinion of wanting to stick around change from like the start of season eight to where it, where it ended up. Yeah. 
because the start was was a little rough. Series but... seven, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, series seven was hit or miss. <laughs> God damn, I um, would be like, mm, I just hope, I just hope when she does together. leave that um they don't bring that Shona character back. Everyone's clamoring for her to come back, but I didn't didn't really like her that much. Who? Yeah, wait, which one? The dancing girl from the start, Shona. Uh, oh yeah people are clamoring for her to become a companion and i hope it doesn't happen another white chick mm. <laughs> another white blonde chick <laughs> uh, i just thought she was a bit irritating actually yeah she wasn't she was neither she was like hit or miss for me she was just kind of eh, like whatever she that actress fine. is good i watched uh the series called the white queen and she was in that and she's very mm. she's a good actress but i just ha- don't have very much interest in that character like yeah. that story they try to put in there at the end, so you pity her. Like, I don't find it that charming or interesting. I get yeah. it's like you're just watching him do the math. You're like, oh, you want me to feel bad? No. Yeah, there's a lot of that throughout. I mean, there were some interesting things, like the the one woman, and you know, ends up she's in a wheelchair. That um, was course, an interesting story point. Of course, when she's when she's dreaming, she doesn't. You know, she's not in a wheelchair because she's mm-hmm. yeah. kind of free to be whatever she wants to be. And even that, you know, they were all scientists, you know, they weren't, they're kind of just run of the mill jobs like that. You know, there were, there were interesting ideas there. Um, but yeah, with that character in specific, it didn't, she didn't really move me one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I thought it was good. We saw some resolution with the Danny stuff. Um, the Danny stuff was kind of, it, it very much felt like he was actually there. Did you guys get that vibe? Like in this scene with him? Like it, that was a not dream. Like, what's that? It was a dream. Yeah. Well, it was a dream, but it yeah. didn't so much feel like a construct of like know, of uh, Clara. Yeah, I mean, it very much felt like like he was conscious there and like mm. was actively trying to help her, um, which I thought was kind of interesting and makes me wonder if that's something that could reoccur later. I hope not. Well, um, you know that, that his consciousness is still out there. Mm. What did he say in series five? If something can be remembered, it can come back. I, I think that line shoots itself in the foot so many times. If she can remember him, why isn't he back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> she remembers him pretty vividly, enough to fool yeah. us. And I mean, if there is this heaven out there where everyone is, and he didn't actually erase himself, so, like, yeah, I mean, why couldn't he come back? I mean, he's out there somewhere. Um, so I feel like that's something we'll see. We'll see more of in the next season. So, um, real quick, I mean, what do you guys, what do you want to see in the next season compared to what we saw in season eight, I mean, where where do you want to see it go? Um, and I guess now that season eight's over, like, how would you kind of rate it? It was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, but what I thought was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to watch it again from the start to have a like definitive opinion. But it felt a bit, um, I don't know. Just the pacing of the whole season was a bit up and down for me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I didn't really like the back and forth between Clara and Danny and stuff, like jumping in and out of the storyline. And especially because they tried to like make so much time pass between that, that to the point that by the time he dies, they're like desperately in love with each other. Whereas yeah. like, so you're going week to week and it's like, you're, you're kind of skipping through the stages of the relationship pretty rapidly. So yeah, I never really felt the like connection between them um, because they always just seem to be like, not really clicking for the most part, you know? And I mean, he, mm. she just lied to him all the time. I mean, it, their, their relationship didn't ever feel that genuine. 
Well, you just um, you don't see the transition that naturally right. is supposed yeah. to occur. Like you see them butting heads at the beginning, and then you see them head over hills for each other, and it's like usually what gets you to root for two characters as a couple is seeing them get from A to B, and you don't see it. You just see the right. start and the end, and it's like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah, so that was kind of jarring. And like I said, I mean, and they, they kind of, I think, even illustrated as much. I mean, when you see Clara Old in the in the Christmas special, she's like, you know, it says that there were a few guys who interested in her, but no one liked Danny, and she never accepted anyone's proposal. So I think that's kind of them saying, like, this isn't going to be something that's sort of repeated in the next season. And I think the show will will benefit from that. Um, I just want to see the two of them going on adventures. I mean, it's an interesting idea to try to explore the life of the companion on Earth, especially when you have a new Doctor who's not really so defined, so you kind of focus on a character that I think for the most part everyone enjoys. I mean, I think, I mean, I think people mostly like Clara, right? I mean, that's the impression I get. No? (laughs) I like, I like, uh, the actress, and I like what they're attempting to do with Clara, though I don't think... I get what they're going for, even though they're not quite hitting it. Yeah. Um, but the impression I get from many other people, it just feels like, even though there's more development that was done this year with her, uh, she doesn't quite feel like a whole character. Like some previous companions, you know, you have, you really get their backstory, or even if they don't have a backstory, it's such a clear, defined voice of what that character is, and you see the bond and transition happen it just feels like her and this doctor don't quite have the same history together before the change yeah and then he changes and now they're trying to create that bond but it's so disjointed Mm. the uh character's uh motivation from one episode to the next one point she wants to go and travel and follow him around the next, she's do- she doesn't. And I can get how somebody can flip-flop back and forth, but could you please clearly write that into the character and not have us fill in the gaps for you? Yeah. Yeah, I think next season will benefit from them not really worrying about this, like, thread of, oh, is the Doctor good or evil or neutral? Like, what what is the Doctor? Um, I think we're pretty well established that he is a, a good guy who wants to help everyone you know as much as he can so there won't be as much of her not trusting him or seeing the way he's like manipulating people um you know i feel like they're kind of on the same page now i feel like moffat has a lot of potential as a writer but he's plagued in many of these series by not knowing if the lead actress is gonna go or stay so then he doesn't know what to do with the overall story well, that's true. I guess you can't really develop a character the same way you would when you know, like, you're locked in right. for the entirety of the series with this character. Yeah. Um. So you kind of cram a lot in a short amount of time because you just don't know. Well, and you can't really dig in the way you want to or commit to anything too much because depending on whether they're there or not next year, you could fuck yourself over story-wise. Right. You don't want to have this character have this, like, long-standing effect and then be gone the next season and then have to kind right. of explain that away. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get that. So... Um, yeah, for me, the, the, the series definitely got better. Um, I'd say the second half is, is the better half of the season, uh, save for that tree episode, which is really bad. But I kind of started with me, like, watching Doctor Who because I knew we'd be talking about it and because I had it DVR'd. And I didn't, like, you know, I'd always just kind of, like, like, well, I guess I can fit it in now. And then by the end of the season, I was like, okay, like, you know, I need to be watching this, like, as it's airing. Like, no DVR, like, I need to be watching this. 
Um, and then the finale to me was a total letdown. And then the Christmas special like brought me right back in. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I th- I think there'll be things learned from how the season developed. And I think, I think next season will be stronger for it. And I, I think we do have a real connection now between this doctor and Clara. And I think, I think that will show, uh, in the next season for sure. So, mm, and it's pretty, I think it's pretty likely that Clara will be gone next after next season. Like, She's probably going to be leaving, I reckon. She'll have one more year. So, I think so. Two and, a, yeah. two and a half seasons. I mean, that, that works for me. Isn't there a rumor, too, that Moffat's going to leave after nine now? I kind of hope so. Um, me, too. He, I, not I, the, mean, not, I, I like most of his stuff. It's just like, I kind of want to feel like he's take. done what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's made it like as grand as it, as it can be. And now I almost want to see someone come in and make it a little bit more uh, small. Yeah, like a smaller focus, like like it was, uh, you know, when it, it, with Richard T, uh, Richard Davis and stuff like that. Like I want to see Russell it go, T. Or Russell T. Sorry, yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it go kind of back to to that. So, yeah. So okay, all right. Well, that that will pretty much do it. I will say that we we thought, do like uh, the show though. Yeah, we do like the show. It is a good show, <laughs> even despite complaints. I mean, there's a reason we all watch it. Uh, Look, you the know, only reason like I like do. anything is to complain about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that we got uh, an email from a listener, um, Edward Jamer, Jammer, probably Jamer, uh, who asked about our opinion of some of the audiobooks because there was a Humble Bundle. That Humble Bundle is now probably over, so sorry for anyone who missed out on that. Uh, we did not record while it was going on. Um, but yeah, he downloaded a bunch of the audiobooks and he liked them and he asked if we'd ever is he talk talking about... about- He's talking about Big Finish, not yeah, audio right? He's talking about the Big Finish audio plays, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, audio plays. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so he asked if we would ever talk about non-TV show stuff in our Doctor Who discussions. And given that we won't have any new Doctor Who till August, um, I think that sounds like a pretty good idea. So I think we will uh, maybe pick something out here in the you know in a couple months or so. I did. And I did. Um, do that. Uh, we did reply to. Um, in the, through the emails and stuff, one of the suggestions I was like contemplating trying out soon was that I Davros series. Um, so that might be yep. interesting. It's like the Davros origin story about you know from when he was a little boy up until how he created the Daleks and everything. So that could be interesting. Yeah, space Hitler. I mean, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. basically, yeah, space Hitler. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll talk about that and we'll announce something before we do that. And then yeah, anyone who actually listens to this Doctor Who segment, uh can you know download that and listen along and then yeah we can we can all talk about it and share our thoughts you guys ever see that animated gif of hitler dropping a watermelon (laughs) no no (laughs) you should treat yourself to that today okay i will google that (laughs) as soon as we're done (laughs) all right so that will do it everyone's the master um thank you amanda and nick for being here as always i'm glad we could finally make this happen um, I'm also glad in the end that it did happen after the Christmas special because I think we would have been a lot more down in general if it had been just uh, the finale. So maybe that's part of the reason why it just, our schedules just didn't sync up. Maybe we were just secretly just weren't that motivated to make it happen because it was just kind of bad. So uh, it was nice to have something positive to talk about. So there you that's go. That's looking on the bright side. There you are. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see you in a, hopefully a couple months with some non-TV Doctor Who. Bye. Bye. Bye.